Heather Cabot. Thanks for listening to The New Chardonnay, a podcast about enterprise and reinvention in our rapidly changing world and conversations with leaders on the cutting edge of that change. I recently sat down with two founders who I've been talking to since the fall of 2017. I can't believe it's been that long and there's been so much change. Aaron Gore and Carly Warner run a cannabis lifestyle brand called Garden Society in Sonoma County, California. Both of them come from the wine industry. Aaron, the CEO, is married to great farmer Tom Gore of Tom Gore Wines. And Carly was doing PR for the company that sells Tom's wines when the two decided in 2015 to launch a female-focused gourmet brand of marijuana products. California's recreational market has been facing lots of turbulence since it opened in January 2018. High taxes, a lengthy and expensive state licensing process for companies to operate legally, and ongoing stiff competition from the underground growers and sellers. As you'll hear in our conversation, these two women have constantly had to zig and zag and even reinvent their business along the way. The pandemic is just par for the course. are you guys the last time I talked to you it wasn't that it wasn't that long after the wildfires and now we're dealing with coronavirus <laughs> I mean you sound pretty good considering so tell me what's going on for uh, both of you either that or we're just off the deep end <laughs> yeah we're just in we're just in literally pandemic purgatory here in Sonoma where it's just like every six months some type of like fight or flight scenario so we're just kind of like oh here we go again I was really struck by this news that you're collaborating with a bunch of your competitors. And, um, and so I'd love to hear about that and you know, take me through the story and how it all came about. Yeah, I love it. A bunch of our competitors. Uh, Carly, why don't you tell her all about it? We were having this big strategy session with our advisors last year. And Aaron and I had this harebrained idea about um, – wouldn't, wouldn't it be amazing as we're building this brand and this community to empower women, wouldn't it be amazing if down the road, once we grow Garden Society to where it needs to be in order to earn the ability to do this, wouldn't it be amazing to bring together a number of small women-owned businesses and sort of figure out how to either do like a roll-up or a co-op or a collaboration of some sort to all support each other and bring this really strong like front of women-owned brands together. We're not quite there, but I think in um, in adjusting to the times in terms of, you know, turning our delivery back on and then like we turned our delivery back on right as COVID was starting to really, you know, uh, um, I guess like penetrate more into the U.S. And so we thought, well, People are going to be ordering online more and more, and we have gaps in our current portfolio. Why don't we bring our customers brands that we trust and that share our values and give them more of an offering from the Garden Society site um, instead of, you know, sending them elsewhere? So it was, I think it's like a, a small step toward something that Aaron and I have a passion for, which is helping women and lifting us all up together. And it was a way to do that and then also to bring our customers um, the satisfaction of being able to go to our site and pick brands that, you know, they, they've, we've earned their trust. And so 
we can put these brands in front of them and say, hey, look, these guys share our values. We trust them as well. Um, why don't you give them a try? And I think it's a really neat way to support women, but also do it in a, in a way that it's baby steps for our business. So for folks who are listening, and this is for a national audience, um, many people may not live in California and may not be familiar with Garden Society. Can you kind of give a very layperson's overview of the products that of your product offerings initially and then kind of help explain some of the gaps you were trying to fill for people who are sort of uninitiated um, in this new sort of world of, of legal cannabis? Sure. So um, we have our products fall into three buckets sort of three effect types. The first is blissful rest. And for that category, we have a milk chocolate with sea salt that's infused with an indica, more of a sleepy strain. So it's really great for rest and relaxation. And then we have an indica heavy pre-roll, which are a little mini, um, I guess like a joint for the people who aren't quite as familiar. Um, and we call those rosettes. So that's our blissful rest category. Then for brighter day, we have a really yummy spiced dark chocolate that gives you a really nice uplifting feeling. And then we have a rosette, again, another pre-roll that also fits into that category. And then finally, we have our Calm and Focus, which are high CBD products. So they still do have a little bit of THC in them just for effectiveness, but the CBD is what wins over um, and it brings you this nice calming feeling without that heady high from THC. And for that category, we have our CBD rosettes, and then we have what we're launching um, in the next couple of weeks, which is a milk chocolate with chai. And so within those categories, we have edibles and we have pre-rolls. But what we learned in doing, we have um, this really fun cannabis at-home education program that we call Garden Parties, where we go into women's homes and we talk to them about cannabis and help break down the stigma. And what we learned through that is that women are actually really interested in like topicals and tinctures and some of the other formats that we haven't developed products for yet for garden society. So we had this whole um, background of all this information we had gathered from these garden parties. So we felt confident knowing where our holes were in our product offering. And that's what drove our decision making in terms of, um, of bringing these other products on. So what are the other products that are, sure. that are, um, being offered. And again, if you could explain for the can of curious out there or for folks who live in places where they can't access this stuff, um, you know, sort of what, what they do, what the effect is, um, yeah. you know, when do they kick in, what would you use it for, that kind of stuff. Cool. So the first one is House of Saka. This is a really fun Napa Valley cannabis-infused wine. So they have all of their great all of their Pinot Noir grapes come from the Napa Valley, and they work with a partner to dealk it, so they remove the alcohol from the wine. It's a rosé of Pinot Noir. And then every – it's a 750-milliliter bottle, just like you would get, you know, a rosé at the grocery store. Um, and then in every glass, in every serving, there's 5 milligrams of THC. So that gives you a nice, uplifting feeling. It's really great. Um, I've really been enjoying it in the late afternoon where I would have my normal glass of wine. I'm having a little glass of um, Saka Rosé instead. And it's great because it gives me that uplifting feeling, but then I don't get that really tired kind of um, draining feeling that I can get from alcohol sometimes. So that's the House of Saka Rosé. And then we're working with a wonderful company called Juna, 
Um, the founder, Jewel, is a chef. She has a really deep culinary background, and she's developed these really beautiful tinctures. We have um, Kikoko, the Kikoko tea. We brought on their sensuality. It's seven milligrams of THC in each bag. And again, that was really fun. We brought that on because it's a, um, it's a good one for like either having a giggly Zoom call with your girlfriends or if you're mm-hmm. trying to bring the spark back to your relationship and this <laughs> madness of living in these close quarters together. <laughs> it's great for lighting the spark in the evening with your partner and just kind of spending some good time together. And then we also brought their Calm Mints on, and that one um, – that one's a, an edible, so that one has the same onset as an edible, so about an hour and a half. Um, oh, I didn't know they were doing edibles. That's yeah. Is so that new they, for them? Yeah. They just launched these cute little mints. They call them um, little helpers. And, uh, yeah, they're really cute and fun and um, super low dose. Carly and Erin launched this collaboration with other female-focused brands just in time. Social distancing had put a stop to their in-person garden parties. But they were ahead of the game with their delivery service once COVID's impact began to spread. But it hasn't been easy. On the one hand, it was this major moment, right, when across the country in legal markets, cannabis businesses are being declared essential. But now with the, um, as this situation has continued, it's, it's uh, becoming very difficult, especially now that these businesses are not avail- um, and not eligible for federal aid. Um, can you talk about that? And are, are any of the businesses you're working with, um, are they worried? Um, can you talk about sort of what you see, what's happening now? With regard to that? that one? <laughs> yes. You get all the fun ones and I get all the heavy ones. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have both. Welcome to our relationship. (laughs) My job's still fun. It's still fun. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think this is like a major turning point for the industry. We call, we said, I think as operators for a while now, there's going to be moments in time that are extinction events for various companies, big or small. Um, Just the size of you doesn't necessarily dictate if you do or don't, you know, fall into one of those categories, right? And I think what you're seeing right now with the crash of the stock market and with shelter in place, it's this really interesting dichotomy where on one side, like you said, Heather, orders are surging. Consumers are turning to cannabis now more than ever. Cannabis has deemed essential by the government, which is a huge step forward for us to just be recognized for the medicinal values that we provide to our to our customers. But on the other side, like all the capital is dried up. So I read this interesting statistic that it was like 16% of capital deals happened this past month compared to the prior month. So basically, there is no more capital. And if you are a company, regardless of your size, that relies on investor capital to run, you are going to be in trouble. And so um, we we are in a good position because we're a small company. We have real products on real shelves with real revenue. But even we went into conservation mode where we cut all unnecessary expenses, we had to unfortunately furlough some team members. We went into essential roles only and essential spend only. And I think you're going to see that across the board. So, like, one thing that happened is in our supply chain partners, you know, we work with co-packers to manufacture our products. One of our co-packers who manufactures our pre-rolls, it's our flour, our inputs. We do all the packaging, but they actually convert them into the pre-rolls for us. 
So they got shut down in the city of Oakland because shelter in place, nobody really knew what was going on, everybody was forced to close. And so it took a big lift of activism as well as getting the the local cities and all these towns to start to realize how this will work. But then they started manufacturing again. The shutdown only lasts, I think, like two days, but they could only manufacture with a skeleton crew. So their production capacity had gone from however many hundreds of pounds they would produce a day to like 20. So now all of a sudden, all of our lead times went from, you know, one or two weeks to like two to four weeks to I don't know when you're going to get it. We're going to try our best. And so that's going to have ripple effects across the industry up and down. You're going to see, and we already are seeing it, dispensaries are going to go out of business. Large operators are going to run out of cash. Small brands are going to fail to exist. Like, it's going to be tragic, and it's going to be a real prominent point in time where you're going to really see who's running a healthy business and who's agile and scrappy versus who's unsustainable. So – to that point, and I think I was telling Keely that I this point of this podcast is really to transcend cannabis. And so I guess I wanted to know, like, what are you doing and what advice do you have for people out there to stay scrappy and to keep that resilience? I mean, it feels like the world is falling apart. Um, you know, every day you read the news and it's, it's really overwhelming, um, the uncertainty right now. So as an entrepreneur, you know, how do you stay focused on just putting one foot in front of the other? Yeah, that's a great, it's a, it's a great question. And I actually wrote a piece for Entrepreneur Magazine about this. Um, luckily, Carly and I have had a lot of practice at these, you know, really disruptive natural disasters. You know, we, I, I had my son, so we both had children. We started this business. We both had children. <laughs> like, that was hard enough, right? And then my son was four days old, and the first wildfire came through, uh, the Tubbs fire in 2017, and and literally our family's homes burned. Then we had the largest flood in California in the last century here in Sonoma County. Then six months ago, we had the Kincaid fire that literally had us leaving our house to move into Carly's house because the fire came 300 yards from our house. And within that, we also had PSPS where our operations got shut down for weeks at a time without power or gas. So talk about, our, talk about like, archaic, right? You know, here we're sheltering in place, but at least we have power and gas. <laughs> we're there. We didn't have anything. And so, you know, we're, we've had a lot of practice at what does emergency mode look like? What needs to happen in emergency mode? My suggestion with everyone is transparency and communication. Carly and I have taken a really – intentional position to communicate with our staff on a regular basis, to communicate with our investors, to communicate with our partners, and just get really clear on up and down line communication so everybody is aware of our position, both what's happening happening for safety, as well as what's happening financially, as well as what's happening with opportunities, etc. The other thing I think is really important is cash is king. So just get really granular about your cash flow. And what do you need to survive and what what can you cut and being aggressive about it? And if that means you can't launch that new SKU or you can't do whatever new marketing program you want to do, I mean, it's really unfortunate, but you need to be here. What good is launching a new SKU if you can't make payroll in a month, right? And so yeah. making sure that you're really granular there. And then the the last one, and I think kind of the most important one, is to, like, really delegate delegate tasks and empower the team and, like, We've tried some new systems on our side to really focus on delegating how can we be streamlined and 
efficient with communication? How can we pick up the – we had to furlough some employees, so how can we pick up what they were doing but also cut some of those tasks? Because we can't do four roles successfully, all of us, right? That will never last. So, you know, how do we just get really intentional about where we spend our time? And, I mean, in a way, it's it's like creating um, – efficiencies right for just for yourself personally right by by trying to get a handle on all this because I don't know about you but it gets to be like six or seven o'clock at night and I am just exhausted just I think from the stress no I mean you know it's it's I, I no we I, get I, exhausted I, at like three I don't, I was, <laughs> okay I, I only laugh it's six o'clock but I mean I guess, you know, I guess from a personal point of view, you know, how do you keep your, your energy up? I mean, you're going into survival mode here. Um, what do you guys do personally for yourselves to try to keep your head in the game, um, but also manage the fact that we're all dealing with this unprecedented pandemic and um, with, with the knowledge that, um, you know, we don't really know when it's going to completely end, um, and certainly the economic fallout, um, you know, may, may continue to ripple for many years uh, to come. So I guess how do you deal with that, and what's your, what's your advice for folks? I love the really tactical stuff that you're doing, but I'm just, I'd love to drill down on, you know, because you guys are both so incredible. I'd love to hear kind of how are you, how are you managing to make space for yourself and self-care and to keep your, keep your head in the game. Carly, you want to go first? Um, I mean, for me, so I actually have, I've been doing this for about six years, but I have weekly talk therapy and I've continued that um, virtually uh, through video, through a HIPAA compliant video with my therapist. And um, I highly encourage anyone that has access to any kind of, um, video or online therapy, talk therapy to work on that, because that's a place where I can go in and say, okay, look, you know, I'm scared this week, or here's where I'm facing challenges of living in the moment versus projecting forward, forward, forward about what's going to happen with coronavirus, what's going to happen with, you know, um, our business. My husband's also in treatment for lymphoma right now. And it's a really good, he has a really good prognosis, so it's positive, but it's also just, you know, added stress and scariness at this time. So I think what's really important for me and what I've learned through this talk therapy is to allow yourself to have those moments where you need to and acknowledge your feelings of like, okay, I'm feeling scared right now, or I'm feeling overly anxious right now, or whatever that is, and make space for it and allow yourself to feel it, but then make sure you're not living there. It's also about okay, taking that, acknowledging it, and then saying, what do I have control over right now? What do I have control over today? Okay, I can get this list of tasks done for work, and then when I'm done with work, I can turn it off and I can play this game with my child and try to feel like a fulfilled parent. Um, My husband and I have been planning our meals each week because, of course, we're all cooking a lot, or at least we are cooking a lot more at home now. So for me, it's about you know, acknowledging those difficult feelings and then also trying to come back to the present and say, what can I do today that makes me feel like I've gotten things done? And there are some days where, like, uh, you know, the other – on Sunday, I laid in bed and watched a movie on Sunday morning with my daughter because that's what I needed to do. So, mm. it, it, I don't know. That's my, my way of doing things. Carly, <laughs> no, so I, I love that. Isn't she so, isn't she so like, calming? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting 
staying calm listening to her. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Now you know why we can do what we can do, because we have Carly there. <laughs> um, I am working on self-care. I smoke weed for a living, so I smoke weed every day. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Let's be real here. Or drink it or eat it or some combination thereof with it. I try to make it till noon. <laughs> is, is it I try to, like, not uh, – it's very challenging, right, like this weird environment we're in with – especially then you have children, you don't have the normal child care, and you have, like, spouses that are up in your grill and around. And so, like, my husband and I trying to talk on the phone in the same house just doesn't work. Like, he's so loud. He's, I just have, don't know a louder human. And so it's just really, I think, every tool you have in your wellness toolkit gets put to, put to the test here. I yeah. do have to plug. Um, so we've been doing Wind Down Wednesdays on Wednesday evening on Facebook. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, okay. it's a little late for the New Yorkers. It's at 8 o'clock Pacific time. But you can watch it. They save on Facebook, and one of our brand ambassadors, Madeline, is a yoga instructor, Mm -hmm. and she does this 30-minute gentle yoga, and it's really hard because it's not. It's super slow-paced. It's very um, meditative, but if you can try to, and it's only 30 minutes, so if you can get yourself to do something like that, it's amazing how that can make you feel refreshed and calm your mind and make you feel better about the world. So even if it's not on the Garden Society Facebook page, if you can find some sort of like gentle or meditative yoga and really force yourself to do it, it's really hard. I highly encourage trying that. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, those are all, you know, yoga, meditation, I'm doing it all. And, you know, I think just getting outside, just getting outside. Yeah. I, I feel really lucky that, um, you know, where I am, I'm, I'm out in the burbs. So um, it, 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 I can go for walks. We can go exercise. We, we can do things and not encounter people really. So, um, so you know, important. and if we do, everybody's very polite, you know, and everyone sort of is keeping their distance um, because everyone really wants to be outside when the weather's nice. So, um, yeah, I think looking for those things and, 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 you know, in the silver lining. So I guess that's my last question just to wrap up. Are there any silver linings um, that have come out of, of this time for, for, for you guys and for your business? Definitely for me. Yeah, I would say for sure. I mean, I feel like, I feel like we're going to come out of the, come out the other side of this with a much more clear vision of what efficiency means for our business. I think I've been, because I I understand each day that I'm only going to have a certain amount of time where my brain's really going to be functioning and I'm going to have that that internal motivation that drives me to get as much done as possible. I'm very efficient. I think it's also making me look at, okay, you know, what's important and what's not, both in my professional and personal life. Um, and, you know, I, I'm hoping that that happens for everyone through this situation is to really look at, you know, what was I bringing into my life before this and what did my life look like and what does it look like now and what about it? What about it is moving me forward and keeping me happy? Because those are the things that you should focus on when this all starts going back to normal. I love that. Erin? Yeah, I think it's like, you know, my husband and I talk a lot about um, simplifying. And we we do a lot of like public events and he has a, a job that makes him be very extroverted to the world. He's in the wine industry, so hosting dinners and 
going here and going there and doing all this. And we do that a lot at Garden Society too, right? Like we had events and events and speaking things and this and that. And so it's really, I think, beautiful to just be forced to simplify and to be home. And like as hard as it is, it's also something that is like making, at least for Carly and I, and for me, like really reprioritizing and making me evaluate, like, where was I spending my time? Why mm-hmm. was I feeling the need to travel so much? Why was I feeling the need to go out and do all these things? You know, why do you have to meet in person for all this stuff? Or, you know, for investor stuff, raising money, right? Like, why do you have to do all this? Like, you know, you can see that life can go on in a different mode of communication. And so, um, I don't know. I just think the simplicity has been really grounding in a way. Reminder, reminder of what's important and where your values are. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Well, I appreciate both of you so much, and I really hope that we get a chance to meet in person again soon, even though I like the in-person. Um, although, you know, obviously technology makes it uh, possible for everybody to stay in touch and for things to keep going. But um, I wish both of you good health and safety, and um, I look forward to having another conversation with um, both of you uh, hopefully very, very soon. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. That's it for this edition of The New Chardonnay. Thanks so much for listening. And for more information about my book, The New Chardonnay, check out heathercabot.com. Take care.